0: Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to com slash athlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about how to work with conservative rehabilitation protocols. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. <laughs> If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to to slash performance. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reinald Show. I'm here with the crew from Champion PT and Performance, answering your questions, physical therapy, fitness, sports performance, career advice, anything you want to talk about, head to MikeRynell.com, click on that podcast link, and you can ask away. We're here for you answering your questions. Let's see. I am here with Lisa Lowe, Dan pope DeWesh Podell, Lenny McCrina, Mike Scudetto, Dave Tilly, and Len, who are our amazing crew of physical therapy students.
1: Students. We have some doctorate of physical therapy students that are in our facility, and uh, they are tremendous, and uh, I want to introduce them to you guys. We have uh, Mike Barra from Belmont University. We have Peter Johnson. What's Peter's nickname, Tilly? Pete. Rocker. Peter Parker. What was it Peter, oh, Peter, Parker. Peter, Parker. Peter, Parker, Peter Parker? Peter Parker Johnson. We have Selena. From, uh, Gomez,
2: Peter Parker. We have Selena
1: Gomez Popper from University of Michigan Flint and Jeff Hatam from NYU. We need a nickname for Jeff Hatam. I'm saying your name, right? Jeff, right? Yeah, you are. Nailed it.
2: You really like the you like the Tam
1: Hatam, but Bam <laughs> like
2: that. That's right. You I know what like I can think about it as a as a not appropriate anachronym. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, let's, let's skip over that. All right. What do we have for a question today? Today
3: today we have a question with conservative (laughs) rehab
1: rehab protocols. So this is David from Austin, Texas. He's asking, what do you do when you have a post-op protocol that's very limited in detail? It seems excessively conservative when you feel like you should be loading earlier. For example, I have a post-op ACL who was told non-weight bearing for four weeks.
0: That's a great example, and again, lucky nobody can see what Lenny's doing right now.
1: Just
0: right,
2: exactly. um, more entertaining ed- 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 you guys. Of <laughs> <laughs> you know, out of your scope of practice would be ripping up the protocol and doing. That yeah, right.
0: Lenny, Lenny's ripping up the protocol, which I don't think is the best approach, right? No, but I'm uh, kidding. So you know, I you know uh, to really like unwrap this question, I think there's a few things in here that I liked, right? I liked um, I liked how you know a limited and detailed protocol. We see that all the time, right? Which you know I think the majority of us would prefer that, right? The limited detail one, meaning saying like, just give me your your number one things you do or don't want us to do and let us fill in the gaps. Like we're the ones that can, that can paint between the lines, right? I like that. Um, but the excessively conservative one, I thought was interesting. And I also like that he put like, I want to load earlier. Is that not like the big buzzword in our profession from Instagram? Like load, load, load. Like, look, loading's amazing, right? And we probably have underloaded, but- I don't know, you know, sometimes you shouldn't load right away. I mean, there's, there's a, they just had surgery, but, um, all right. Who wants to tackle this one first Dave, you want to jump in.
2: Only because Dan and I literally are talking about this, like as we <laughs> like go through this week. So we both have <laughs> patients for, that have uh, like hip or label repairs and to the point of confusion, like, I don't. I think Dan. We might have different surgeons. I forget. But like this, the protocol that we got, that I got from the surgeon is just check boxes. Like it's definitely like don't do this. These precautions, whatever. Like don't uh, extend or rotate for these amount of weeks, which is really helpful. But one is that the check boxes are are contra. Like um, what's the word? Um, they're 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 contradicting themselves like that's what I'm right saying. so like he didn't have a micro fracture so it says you can weight bear earlier and then the protocol says start weight bearing off the crutches on week three then the doctor told him wait till four but then in his protocol he has weight shifting without crutches so it's like okay it's amazing are, what are we doing here man like it's, <laughs> it's very overwhelming sometimes because sometimes obviously they don't look great and you're like okay we'll slow down a little bit but like when you literally have protocols that the doctor says one thing the protocols written on the sheet for weight bearing say something different and the check boxes say something different. It's very hard to try to make a program for these people. And the second piece of that is that you definitely, you didn't have a micro fracture check. Like, okay. We can probably move this along a little bit, you know, like we can get off these crutches. We can do some more weight bearing exercises, but it's very, very like blank that they don't want him doing anything. It's, it's hard sometimes to, to not go forward, you know, like, and I think the advice to give is like, you have to kind of use your overview of the entire literature of like what does the literature say on these things like microfractures right makes sense it's a cartilage issue let's let's not be you know a knucklehead with that but for like an acl or someone who has just a straight up like um labor repair you can probably test the waters a little bit and just get these people going kind of bit, and just talk with the surgeons if you have concerns about like emailing them or trying to get in contact like hey like you know six weeks might be a long time to, to not be doing weight bearing for this like do you think it's okay if we do some of this or try this i think the worst thing you can do is just just go ahead and like blow right through it. And don't talk to the surgeon at all because it gets you in a little bit of hot water. One, if things don't go well and they get a little flare up, but two is, you know, obviously legality wise, right? You don't want to be like, no, we just ignored the protocol, ripped it up and we just started doing like squats, right? Like week two. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's challenging sometimes, but I think the more you can over-communicate, call the office, call the PA, leave something with their like email if you can, like that's probably the best approach to take rather than just ignoring it. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Mike?
4: Yeah, I would say for me, uh, if, I, if I'm in this situation, I think step one is, is really trying to understand the details of the surgical procedure. So I'll probably try and get an op report. Maybe they, they did do something in the surgery that the patient doesn't isn't aware of um, or can't communicate, which may be reflected in the protocol. Um, so maybe with the ACL, maybe they did a meniscus repair or something, and, they, and they're being a little conservative because of that. So I think step one is get the uh, op report. Step two is obviously call the, call the doctor's office and, and try and get some clarification. Um, and sometimes hey, that can lead to more confusion because then the doctor will tell you um, something th- completely different than the protocol. And then you're kind of in between the protocol and, and what the doctor's telling you. Um, but, and then step three, I think, is just communicating with your coworkers or your mentors and trying to make, make sense of it all.
1: I
0: would say, step four is document anything that the physician said for your own uh, legality. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I think you're right though, Mike, because I think that's the first thing I thought of from this. And in I don't know much about David, you know, who asked the question here, but you know, there, you know, the post op ACL that was told to non weight bearing for four weeks, and that apparently is bothering David. Right, he doesn't like that. But um, my guess is that there's a very strict reason because I don't I don't think there's many physicians. In this country, that would say non-weight bearing after ACL for four weeks without a reason. So who knows? Maybe there's like a huge, you know, osteochondral defect, a meniscus repair, something like that. I think you may be missing something there. And you know, don't jump the gun and don't immediately say like, ah, oh, this doctor stinks, this protocol stinks. Right? There's probably a reason that communication would clear it up immediately. And and, and look, that's what's in the best interest of the patient, right? Is for you getting to the bottom of it. So you know,
2: I, that was the first thing I thought of, too, Mike. I like that. Um, what do you think, Dan? Well, I was going to say, you know, coming back on the communication thing, I, I think oftentimes the, uh, the surgeon isn't even aware of what the protocol says. Um, and I, this has happened a lot of times for me with multiple surgeons. Basically, I end up contacting the surgeon and say, well, you know, it says like, hey, we can start throwing baseballs at eight weeks after a slap tear. And they're like, no, 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 no. So there's a big difference between what the surgeon actually, you know, wants and then what the protocol says. Right. So I think that uh, sometimes you see these protocols and you think like you have to follow this 100% completely. But, yeah, it's it's it may not be what the surgeon wants at all. So it's it's a pretty clear uh, problem with communication and just understanding what the surgeon does want. So, yeah, that's important.
0: Yeah, you, you know, and it's funny. There's, you know, there's another wave of opinion online. Obviously, that's like, oh, that you know, protocols are terrible. Like, you know, you can't script things. And man, I think that is so ridiculously short-sighted. Right, like you absolutely need protocols for certain things. There are certain things you you should be you should be avoiding and certain things you should be shooting for. And right. And that's one thing we kind of tell people is a protocol is almost like, it's almost like your pace car that gets you through like a procedure because, you know, if if you get a little bit behind, sometimes you're behind for weeks, right? So it almost tells you like where you should be, but also tells you some things you shouldn't do. So I think it's very short sighted to start saying like, we shouldn't be using protocols or stuff like that. Like post-operative protocols are very, very important. They're based on the science of what we know, the biological healing, some of, you know, even, you know, some of the, the, um, you know, the outcome reports and stuff like that. So uh, Len, like as somebody that's, you know, we've utilized protocols our whole lives, right? We write protocols, we publish protocols and stuff like, um, you know, any thoughts on on this from your perspective?
1: Yeah, definitely. I like getting a protocol from a doc. That's the first thing. One of the first things I ask for besides an op report from the patient is I want to, I want to get into the mind of the surgeon and see how they handle these surgeries. If it's like written out, like type written out, and it's like their generic protocol, it tells me how conservative or you know progressive they are with their rehab and it kind of gives me an insight into what they're thinking now if they start handwriting stuff on a script or the protocol i think that supersedes everything and there's a reason why they hand wrote stuff um, so i would be cautious of the handwritten stuff more so than the the generic stuff that they just hand that two piece, that two piece of paper to you and just say hey this is what i want so it gives me insight and then like others have said i, I try to contact the office if i have the surgeon directly which I am slowly obtaining phone numbers and cell numbers and all that, where I can contact them. It's, it's, it's a neat process. And they appreciate that. And hopefully you can get through to him or, or her and, and get the information that you need. And then they'll be like, Oh yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know why the protocol even says that you can do this, this, and this, and they're fine. Um, and so you'd be surprised the answers that you, you get when you, when you call a surgeon's office and hopefully speak to at least a nurse or maybe even the surgeon themselves. And, um, like Dan said, they don't even know half the time what's on their protocols.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, and I think the worst thing is what Dave said, right? The check boxes. I mean, I don't know. Has anyone ever witnessed like, you know, like a, like a PA or somebody like that actually like use the check boxes? There's a lot of blind checking going on, right? Like there's, you know, so
1: there's
2: nothing worse than the, than the check boxes, but what's up, Dave? I just wanted to kind of, uh, something that popped in my mind that was kind of mentioned is to give credit to the surgeons too, and like not making it seem like, you know, they're they have no idea what's going on in the protocol. Like there are times, and I've talked to like the hip surgeons locally where during the surgery they do more than they expect. Right. So like right. I think of this guy recently as a uh, thought he was gonna have uh, like a one to two anchor repair and just have a very small debridement, ends up having like a four to five anchor repair, <coughs> a large cam reduction, like a lot yeah. of like borderline chondral issues going on. So in that situation, it wasn't like he didn't look at the protocol. He just like realized during surgery, like, "Whoa, this is a little bit more intense than I think maybe it was going in." And I think sometimes, given how busy they are, and you know, you wish they would update you, but it gets lost in translation about like what happens. Like that's why you have to get the radiology report or the surgical report, what happened. But sometimes just a quick phone call or a quick email, they'll just pit back like, "Oh yeah, uh, four anchors, much more involved." Um, conjure was kind of questionable, didn't do a microfracture, but we were close and that's why we're going, right. on. I was like, okay,
1: makes total sense. Yeah. You, you, I mean, I, I mean this, they're oh, yeah, a lot can go wrong during a surgery. How common is it for a surgery to go perfectly well, right? You take off too much tissue, you discover something you weren't uh, seeing, you were doing a labor repair of a hip or a shoulder and you, the anchor doesn't take the bone is soft. Who knows what can go I don't say wrong, but go uh, unexpected in a surgery that will influence the surgeon's opinion on the rehab afterwards. And we don't know all that stuff. And that's where some of this, this is where some of those factors play into what they're thinking when they're trying to give us some, some insight into the rehab.
0: Yeah. And it's pretty naive to think like, like a slap repair or even an ACL, like they're all the same. Right. So there's one protocol for every ACL. I mean, there's so many, you know, specific variables based on the patient, the surgical procedure, you know, the, uh, how they looked on the inside. I mean, there's, you know, there's so many different variables in there. You can't kind of say that. So, um, Lisa, from, from when you were, you know, obviously, you know, coming from a different place, right. Before you came to champion, I think you had some different experience with protocols and stuff. Like what, what can you share from your past? Asked.
3: Uh, that I was probably in the same place as the person asking this question
0: <laughs> yeah I, I, I think I think um, a lot of people are that's great
3: yeah um and yeah I mean in in some ways just because of the the primary people that I treat at champion like rowers don't get a ton of surgeries um you know I I feel like I have learned and listened to you all in terms of like what you do with your protocols and kind of everything you've just talked about um, more than I've like actually had the experience and kind of be needing to deal with them personally minus while, while you all are talking, I have one client right now who I you've you've persuaded me that I should reach out to her surgeon. <laughs>
0: That's right. I forgot because about that. She You're right. Is,
3: yeah. <laughs> she's, she is, uh, she fits this question. Like she had a really conservative protocol, but then she goes for a follow up and is told, like, do whatever you want to with your shoulder, like go for a yep. run, do this, yep. do that. It doesn't matter. But then her protocol doesn't really match that. So, right. Um, right. So, definitely. Right. Someone that I, I need to reach out to the surgeon <laughs> well, and see why yeah. on earth we're getting two messages. Yeah. She
0: um, she she's a classic example of of the pace car kind of analogy that I use though, right there, where you know, she was doing her therapy elsewhere and she just recently transferred us, like what, four or five months out of surgery, right? Um, right. And she yep. was Quite behind in a range of motion, right? And it was, you know, that's, you know, the protocol isn't just based on their feelings and how they're feeling. I mean, you do sometimes have to push people, and the protocol tells you when you can push and when you shouldn't push, in my mind. And that was a good example. So she was four plus months out of surgery. So on the inside, we're like, okay, she's healed. There's no risk, right? We know that on that thing. If, if she can start doing all these activities, we know that, but she's behind in motion. So you start to say to yourself, okay, well, should we push? or we be cautious? And then you, when you put it all together, you're like, no, she's way behind. It's healed on the inside. The surgeon said she can do a bunch of other things. It's time to push, right? And And I think that's where the protocol can help in that case. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's so interesting. So, you know, great question again, David. I mean, I, I, you know, the protocols, I think to me are sometimes, um, sometimes people get a little too worked up about, uh, about the complexity of it. I think it comes down to communication and it comes down to doing as best as you can to learn about, the why of what you see, right? And look, don't get me wrong. We just, I, like, Michael. We, I don't even remember who it was. I think you and I were working with somebody, and uh, we did an aval on somebody recently. And like, the protocol that the physician gave us was wasn't even for the right surgery that they had, right? It was a different surgery. I think it was you, Michael. Yeah. But we were just, we, we were just like, we were, we were, we were like, we're like, all right, geez, this is this is really conservative. And we're like, wait a minute, this isn't even for the right procedure. And then you know, I, I, you talk to the doctor, and the doctor's like, oh yeah, 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 don't do that. And, and you're like, okay, so they just gave them the wrong piece of paper, right? Like, like, so like, don't take things for granted, reach out, communicate. I think that's the important part. It's in the best interest of our patients. So, um, you know, keep that in mind, but you know, remember oftentimes I think that when we think it's conservative, there's probably something going on in the physician's head, or maybe that's been communicated between the physician and the patient that is saying that they want to go more conservative. Maybe they're worried about something down the road. Maybe they're worried about needing a revision in the future, you know? So don't just, don't, don't just take that, that you know, for granted and and, and just proceed, I think you got to dig in before you uh, you uh, divert from what's listed on the protocol. So great question, David. If you have something like that, head to micround.com, click on that podcast link, and you can continue to ask us these questions. As long as we're getting questions, we're going to keep answering them. So, so uh, please continue to fill out that form and ask us anything you want to talk about. And please rate, review, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to it, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast.